Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, Canadian real estate investors. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's Friday. It's March 4th. It's minus 11 outside today here in Edmonton, Leduc. And there's lots of snow out there. It's snowy up to your knees. But don't worry, you guys. It's really nice and light and fluffy, and it's going to be easy to clear. If you clear it right now. Not right now. Like, do it in an hour. Why in an hour? So they can stay and listen to the show. Oh. Unless, <laughs> unless they have headphones and they want to go clear some snow. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk you through it. <laughs> I'm here to support you. Yeah. I, uh, I was already out there clearing a path for uh, our dog to be able to go to the bathroom. <laughs> mm. Because he's a little guy and he was literally like up to his chin. Like he was trying to get through it. And he was just like trenching through up to his chin. Gabby, do we have any vacant properties right now? Yes. Do we do need, need to hire shoveling, yes. Just in case you haven't made a note. <laughs> if you have any vacant properties and it snowed, make sure that you are um, hiring someone to go down there and, and shovel it or go down and shovel it yourself. But come on. Your time is worth more than your that. Your time is worth more than that. Start investing into yourself, okay? Yeah. Um, hire most snow pros. It's an app. You just enter your address and the property details and they spit out what uh, what price is the average for your type of property right now yeah, based on the weather conditions and you can put your bid in either right on or above or below however much you want to pay submit it somebody will accept the job show up shovel for you charge your card done there's an app for everything there's an app for everything and that is one of my favorites as a property as a as a self-managing uh self-property manager <laughs> What's... go on Keep trying. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> no, we don't say things like that, Gabby. We do not say things I can't like that. Talk. We do no. Don't steal their sparkle. <laughs> Today's um, going to be a good yes. day, even though it's Friday. We're not living for any weekends, okay? Yes. No, we're not living for the weekend. Um, yeah, most snow pros is pretty great. Um, as you know, she said snow, but also mow. Mow. Yeah. Um, in the summer. And mow the lawn in the summer. Yeah, you want to keep your vacant properties looking pretty. You don't want to piss off neighbors. You don't want to piss off the city. You don't want to um, have, you know, people show up for viewings and it look like crap. Yeah. I've had that before because we actually, one of our properties, we charge out um, weekly mowing. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they weren't able to show up on their schedule day. And it was a few days later. And man, like when it's, when we have a bit of like rain and stuff, that grass grows fast. And I showed up for like, several viewings and it looked like a jungle and I was like, I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, in case you didn't know, we broadcast live every morning from Canada, from Alberta, from Edmonton, Alberta. I guess if you want to be technical, we're in Leduc, which is just a little South of Edmonton. Go Leduc. Uh, um, but we invest in Edmonton, Leduc and Calgary. Uh, yeah, we broadcast live on the Podbean app. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, whichever. Um, but the, the, the real, the real fun is coming in live every morning at 6am, um, mm -hmm. on the Podbean app. You can click the call in button. You can communicate through the chat. 
you can ask your questions like today, you know, we'd like you to ask your questions today. Um, yeah, today it's a Friday and I don't think that makes any difference than any other day. However, um, I really, 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 really want you guys to re- send in your questions today. Call in, write them in the chat. Maybe, maybe we can give them a little bit of guidance as to, as to maybe a, a general topic for the day. Mm-hmm. What do you say we joint ventures? Does that sound fair? Sure. That's, that's what everybody wants, right? I want, I'm, I'm a real estate investor or I want to be a real estate investor, but I don't have much money and I can only qualify for a certain amount, uh, for a certain amount of mortgages. So I want to find people who will bring the money in the mortgages and I will bring the expertise to the deal because you're an expert. You wake up every morning at 6am, you know, you're asking your questions, you're studying, you're taking courses, you're an expert. But, um, for some reason, there's a bit of a gap there in, in how you find and acquire joint venture partners. So why don't we focus on that today? Ask your questions. And don't ask the question, how do I find a joint venture partner? <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get an equally ridiculous answer. <laughs> let's get tactical today. Let's, 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 let's get down into the things that you can proactively do, the things that you can say. I don't, I don't mind helping out with that. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, so that's that'll be our general topic for today. And just um, ask. unless you guys uh, throw a question out of the left field, and it takes an hour for us to get through it. Yeah, <laughs> we're cool um, with that too. While we're waiting for that, while while you guys are getting you know thinking about that and pondering, um, Ryan's going to be calling in. But Ryan, I'm just going to quickly do our upcoming events, and then uh, and then we'll let I you will, in. I'll let you in. Um, so obviously, cabin retreat, April hottest 1st hottest event. In Alberta. So we've heard. Yeah. Um, when is it? April 1st to 3rd. Yes, April 1st to 3rd in, in Alberta Beach. That's where you get to spend a weekend with Gabby and I. A whole weekend. Morning to midnight. And a small group of other investors. And uh, we, we reverse engineer. We're going to figure out what it is that you want. What you want, what fulfills you, like really down to the core. None of that BS, what you think you want, like what you really need. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then reverse engineering it. We're going to look and see what you have right now, what kind of resources you have, whether that be joint venture prospects, cash, mortgages, mm-hmm. skills, expertise. Yeah. And then we're going to we're going to we're going to bridge that gap. We're going to figure out which strategies are best to get you to your goal as quickly as possible. Which strategies and, and when? Sometimes you might have to start with wholesaling or bird docking, and then work your way into flips, and then build up some capital. Um, or it might just be going directly right towards joint ventures. But you know, what are you what are you going after joint venture partners for? Are you building a flipping business? Are you doing a rent to own business? Are you acquiring a group for sales? Are you doing multifamilies? Yeah. Which ones and why? Right. Yeah. And, and what resources do you have? And what resources will you have? Yeah. Yeah. And as your resources grow, when do you pivot and change into different strategies? Mm-hmm. And then what's your ultimate strategy to give you the cash flow you need every day? This is, it's very, very deep and intentional. Um, and, and we can't just be generally, you know, can't just say generally, I'm going to do multifamily. It's too general. You got to know exactly what it is you're doing. You got to know exactly how many buildings you got to know why and where and who's going to manage them. Right. So that's what we spend the cabinetry doing. It's, 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 uh, 
it's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody else who's been to one. And you really grow a little mini community around you as well, which is really cool. Like it's really, it's really personal. It's, you know, like it's talking about your dreams and what you want out of life and like, you know, being vulnerable about that kind of stuff. And so these people who are there with you, like really get to, to know you on a very personal level and they become your people. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be your cheerleaders and, you know, your supporters through your journey. So that's really cool as well. If you're feeling kind of alone and like you have no one to talk to about your journey and stuff and nobody gets it, your friends don't get it, your family don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really cool to have this new circle of people around you. What did I talk about on the show yesterday? Cut them the fuck out. Cut your (laughs) shitty friends out. Cut the negative people out. Yeah. Be intentional. Build your circle of people around you. Mm Mm-hmm. You know the funny thing about getting successful? It's really lonely. It can be lonely. It's really lonely. Um, I wish I could tell you it wasn't, but what you can do is you can you can find other people like you. Right? Or at the very least, other people who support you. Other people who are happy to see you grow. Mm-hmm. They may not be like you, but you know, I've got a few friends that are just just so happy to see me succeed yes and that right there is is it lifts me up yeah right it uh it cures that loneliness um otherwise you know what you're trying to do is you're just trying to to force your friends to accept who you are and sometimes they just they just don't mm-hmm. so anyways go to the cabin treat meet five cool people and hang out with us Okay, that's on April 1st through 3rd. Um, Also, if you want to meet some other investors and you want to go check out a fix and flip property, we got our next investor meetup at our fix and flip in St. Albert. Um, That is March 3rd, uh, March 13th. Yes. 13th. Sorry, my brain was somewhere else and I saw you struggling and quickly snapped in. Oh, March 13th. (laughs) Yeah. So come and check out our new fix and flip property. It's in the demo stage right now. It's all ripped up. Um... Can you bring kids? Mm, it's a demo stage, okay? So um, water wings, helmet, um, gloves, <laughs> steel toe boots. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just just don't let the kids run around the place. Yeah, well, here's the other thing is that we have um, – we've had railings removed. So um, – Kids are kind of dumb. They don't look where they're going. Hey, kids aren't dumb. Okay, kids are kind of not as smart as we are. They're not as aware of, okay, kids are not as aware of their surroundings as we are. Yeah, there's a couple spots where there's no railings and, you know, a few feet drop off. So will they die? No. Will they hurt themselves and cry? Yes. No worse than <laughs> falling off the, the jungle gym. Um, <laughs> anyways, just that's a warning. But, you know, um, will our kid be there? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think so, yeah. Not on this one. No. Um, but, you know, you can come, your wife can come, your husband can come, and it's free. I yeah. guess we we didn't say that it's free, so, but it's yeah. but there's limited spots. So if you want to sign up for that, uh, it's in the show notes here. Yeah, and come oh. network, come meet people. We yes. have this like really cool community. I think at our last um, our last networking open house at the last flip, it was really cool. It was like you you like walk into the room and you look around and it's like it's the morning show. Yeah, it was like the morning show listeners. It was really cool. Yeah, everybody got to meet each other and connect in person and yeah. And uh, lastly, speaking of groups um, and community, um, well, obviously, you know, we created the new Facebook group. Yes. Um, We've been talking about creating a Facebook group for a very long time. 
Um, hey, when are you creating, when are you going to create a Facebook group? Uh, just, it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready for it. There was no one, there was no reason to, um, again, got to be intentional, right? So what's the intention? So now we're at a point where, you know, the, the podcast, the morning show is where we want it to be. We come on live here every morning. We answer your questions. We, we discuss topics. Um, we discuss what's going on and in the news, which not very much, but <laughs> we, we try to, um, but, you know, to take it one step further, we want to start doing live training. So we're going to be doing weekly training as well. And uh, they're on Fridays. And mm-hmm. today happens to be a Friday. So today is going to be our first live training in the Facebook group, yeah. the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. So you can join in. Seven o'clock tonight, we're going to be doing a, a live training session. Um, and then join us every other Friday at 7 p.m. Okay. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Ryan is so patient. So patient. Good morning. morning. Good morning, Ryan. Ryan said, happy new day. I saw that. I was like, it is a new day. (laughs) You know, like, I've just never heard anyone say it like that before. It kind of caught me off guard. Happy new day. How's it going, Ryan? Yeah. Good. Good. You guys? Great. Thank you. Great. Excellent. Okay. So it's going to be one of those off-topic questions, so it's not a joint venture-related question, but hopefully... It shouldn't be Son too long. Bitch. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, buddy. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, it's regarding property management and just kind of someone was talking to me about it the other day and wanting to know what different options were. And um, so I, I mentioned, you know, self-manage. I know there's tenant placement services that will place the tenant and then you take care of the management. There's full property management. Um but I wasn't sure if there's kind of other other ways that uh, property management can be split up um, for someone who doesn't want to fully self-manage. Um, for example, like if if someone wanted me or another random person to manage a property, I didn't know if you're unlicensed, if you're allowed to do that without a specific interest in the property. Um, so yeah, I just I wanted to to kind of break down all the different options that you can do as far yeah. as managing your property. Great question. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, uh, so at the end of the day, um, yes, property managers are licensed and regulated. Is that the right word? Sure. Um, they are. They belong to um, a broker. Is that the right word? um they have to they have to be a part of yeah like uh, a a broker like they pay yeah they pay fees you know to be do it yeah i think that's why it makes it so hard for them to be profitable they need uh property managers need to have an incredible amount of properties they're managing in order to be profitable because i think that they pay fees into yeah into like a brokerage type of thing what type of brokerage um, Am I putting you on the spot? You I are putting me on this. the spot, and it's been a while since. But I like I have a couple people in my network who have done a lot of research into this because they themselves were looking at um, getting into property management. And so, okay, so let's just back it up and simplify it and forget all that stuff. At the end of the day, a property manager needs to be licensed. Yes, and. There are people out there who are not licensed that are doing property management type stuff that are at the end of the day putting themselves at risk of um, of being fined for what yeah. they're doing. 
And I think that there's a bit of a difference between, hey, Ryan, my good buddy who, you know, um, is living. Okay, so I, I saw I had to rent out my property and move to Newfoundland. And my good buddy, Ryan, who also lives in Leduc, um, said that, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll stop by if, you know, something breaks. I'll be kind of like your check-in guy. I'll take yeah. care of it. Don't worry. Um, I, I got this. Sure, yeah, you, you can pay me for whatever if I have to pop in there. It's fine. Yeah, we got this. I'll show it for you. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between that and somebody being out there um, <clears throat> taking on new clients and like all that kind of stuff, yeah. if you know what I mean. Operating, operating, and, and, like, and signing, signing leases on your behalf, stuff like that. Yeah, and then also paying a rate. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 going to be up for, um, uh, it'll be open. How do how do I word it? I can't put my words together these days. Uh, it'll be at. Rika is going to look at it, and they're going to determine what they think is actually going on. If it's just yeah. your buddy that's helping you out and doing showings for you. You know what I mean? Not a big deal. But if you're quite clearly, you know, and openly advertising yourself as, you know, the type of person that performs the duties of a property manager, but you're just, you're just calling yourself something else, then they're, they're going to call you out on and find you on it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's why the whole tenant placement services thing is, is such a bit of a gray area um, because you just got to be careful on, you know, are you advertising it? because that's normally the role and the responsibility of our property manager. Um, now, I don't know personally, Courtney did. Um, yeah. And now I'm remembering, um, I did talk quite extensively about this with Courtney as well. Um, she's one of the people. So go ahead. I don't, I don't know personally what it is that the reason why someone's not allowed to do, you know, showings or, you know, collect rents and stuff like that. Like I, I don't personally, I've never taken a, a a property management course. I don't, I don't really know what someone could do wrong. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can understand from like a perspective of like, you know, buying and selling real estate. you know what I mean? The ethical, you know, the ethics behind, you know, brokering real estate deals, et cetera. Um, I don't, I don't really understand what ethics are really involved with property management, like how someone could, could cross the line. I don't know why you need a license. That's what I guess what I'm trying to say. Do you? Well, I can think of a couple of things. Like I can think of, um, say, when you're doing tenant placement and you're selecting a tenant for this person and the person trashes the place, does the landlord want to sue you? Does, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like there should be insurance covered there. There should be, like, there should be things in place to kind of like protect the person who is the person, the quote unquote property manager. Yeah. Um, so like, I can think of a few different ways in that sense, why somebody would need to be, you know, educated and licensed in what they're doing. Um, Courtney makes some, some good points here is that, um, <clears throat> There's terms like landlord agent. So somebody's acting on your behalf as like the agent and you can have something written up that, um, that, that you're acting as an agent, but there's limitations in the operations and how the rent is paid and to who. So that, that person can't collect rent where a licensed property manager can, they can collect the, your rent for you. That was the one thing that I was thinking is it is collecting rent. Yeah. Um, and like, I know, I know of a few, uh, I know of a couple people years ago that were operating as a property management company, but they didn't have a property 
management license, but they were, they were accepting payment through credit cards and stuff like that. And they were, uh, money wasn't going through them. It was going directly to the landlord and then something, something like they found some workaround, but I think eventually they got shut down by Rika. You know, like <laughs> as, I, as I was trying to get at in the very beginning of this was that it's all fine, but it's like, it's just like joint ventures. Let's just compare it to joint ventures and the securities commission. Um, are you doing it for like you and your buds or are you advertising it all over fucking Facebook? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you start making big splashes and everybody's talking about you and one person complains, then yeah, they're going to look into you and then they're going to, they're going to shut you down and give you a big fine. If it's just you and your buds and you're just helping them out or it's your uncle and you're helping them manage their property, not a big deal. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're not going to, they're not going to find you over something like that. They're going to find you if you're operating a business. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, but <clears throat> let's go back to Ryan's like original question. So it was, you know, actually, no, I'm, I completely forgot. <laughs> this is what happens. Right? Well, yes. So um, you nailed it, Ryan. I think that you covered the kind of different things that um, the different options that are available, but also like with property management companies, a lot of them do kind of have like a la carte services. <clears throat> so if you want them to fully manage your property, it's let's say a lot of them are like 10% of the um, rents that you pull in. But that doesn't include placing a tenant. So there's an additional, you know, fee that they take for placing a tenant that are like, so you can basically pick and choose what services you want from them, or you can go full in, Yeah, if that makes sense. So like, there's those options. You don't always need to do the whole package and have them, you know, doing all of the tenant communication and all that kind of stuff. You can just have them place a tenant for you and not have to worry about that side of things. Mm-hmm. It's expensive though. It's, it's costly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, and then, like I said, if, if you're just a buddy helping them out, I don't see any issues with that. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Does that answer your question? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to think if there was anything that I, I hadn't thought of or as far as, you know, different options and and what the limitations were, um, Um, certain things. So is it for you, you wanting to offer services like that? Or is it for you, uh, you you're wanting to find someone to fulfill those, those tasks um, or responsibilities? No, it wasn't for, for anything specific. It was just somebody who they're looking at, at buying a place, but also um, looking at, you know, potentially in the future uh, moving um, away and they were just curious, you know, if they wanted to, to buy something that, that could be turned into a rental, what their options were, if at some point in the future they were to move away, yeah. you know, how they would, how they would manage that and, and what the different options were. So I was just trying to gotcha. go through, through that with them. Um, and it was, yeah, was curious if there were certain things that I hadn't thought of. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for calling in, Ryan. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for the help. All right. No worries. Um, this uh, kind of goes back to the whole discussion of cash flow, the importance of cash flow. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a, a large majority of landlords are typically um, someone who owned a home. They think, I've got a property. It's in a good neighborhood. It's in good condition. 
Um, why would I sell when I could become a landlord? Right? Mm -hmm. Not understanding the fundamentals of real estate investing and and yes. investing for cash flow. <clears throat> you know, when you're buying a home for a five percent down and it's amortized over twenty five years, your mortgage payments on average are about three hundred to five hundred dollars more than what your mortgage payments would be if you put twenty percent down minimum and, and amortized over thirty years. Right? Yeah. Three hundred to five hundred dollar difference on average. Mm -hmm. Um it doesn't mean that it's more profitable or less profitable. It's just, it's, it means more money. And on the, on the first example, more money is going down towards paying down the mortgage. And the second example means more money is be, is, is less going on the mortgage and, and more money coming out to you every month in cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's six and a half dozen. Okay. It's the exact same, more or less. Um, so what you want to do is if you're setting this up as a business, you want to have more cash on hand as opposed to cash being, being paid towards the mortgage and paying down the mortgage and, and building your equity. So just because it's a, you know, you have a good piece of real estate does not mean that that is going to be a good rental property because it, it's, it's not, you need to look at it as a business. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people do that. They think I've got a good piece of real estate. I see other people making money in real estate. Why don't I rent it? Um, if there's not enough cash flow, then you're you know you're in a situation where you move away and you're paying negative hundred bucks a month. There's no money there to pay a property manager. So that means that that property manager is going to come out of your pocket, or you're going to make impulsive decisions, or or you're going to make yeah. decisions based on you know money and cash flow as opposed to trading it like a business. So hey, well, why don't I just hire my buddy to do this? You know what I mean? You could see where this is going already. Yeah. You're going to hire someone who doesn't know what the heck they're doing. Oh, they'll fix the toilet if it needs to be fixed. They'll go bang on the door um, if, if the money's not there. Or I'll just go buy one of those robots with the wrenches and they'll go and collect the money <laughs> if the person's not paying, right? But you can't rely on robots with wrenches eventually. Like you, you need to you need to treat this like a business. Well, to be honest, it actually sounds like a really great way to run a business. Mm -hmm. Robots with wrenches. It does. Yeah. I'd be down. Um, there's an idea there. There's a million dollar idea. Someone <laughs> better run with some it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a little Roomba. Um, sorry. No, Roombas aren't scary enough. He's okay. Big, then a big robot. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, where was I going? <laughs> uh, yeah, you need to trade like, you need to have cash flow to make sure you can cover things like this. Um, these, these are the types of people that you see in the, in the landlord groups that are making impulsive emotional decisions because they don't, there's no, I, I don't have any money. I can't keep floating this. You know, they, they trash my place and it's, it's $5,000 worth of damage. Well, if you had $5,000 in your reserve, you would be able to make those repairs, get it back up, get someone else in there, go after them for in court and just, you know, just go through the process. But when you don't have that money on hand, you know, you make emotional decisions, you sell the property when it's undervalued and you lose money and you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. It has to be treated like a business. I see. Okay. Um, the other thing I was going to ask or mention before we switch topics, because I see a lot of comments that I have not read, mm -hmm. was that um, if you are considering self-managing, but you're a busy person or sometimes you go out of town for work, that's totally fine. I would just recommend having... I would just recommend having someone in town that you trust 
to do small tasks. And that might be, you know, um, your nephew or something like that. That might be um, maybe another investor that you know that doesn't mind, you know, doing stuff for you for like 25, 30, 40 bucks an hour, right? Um, us as an example, we, we live um, 20 minutes south of Edmonton and some of our properties are dead center or in the north side of Edmonton. Like that's, that's an hour drive for us. Um, so it's, <coughs> it's good for us to have, you know, people that can go and, and, and run and do small tasks for us. Hey, this tenant's landlord, uh, sorry, uh, lawnmower uh, broke. Can you go pick up a lawnmower at Home Depot? Here's the SKU number for it. Um, we've paid for it. Just go pick it up at the front door um, and, uh, and go drop it off. Or, hey, can you go drop off furnace filters? Or, hey, can you go do... Uh, quarterly inspections for us at these couple properties. They're just a little out of the way, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll pay you 25 bucks an hour. Well, I just had the other week, um, Everly was sick and I had viewings scheduled. So I, I, I called and said, Hey, do you mind doing these viewings for me? Like my, yeah. my kid's sick. I can't go. They're just not collecting any school. rent. They're not advertising no. it. They're yeah. just people that work with us. Yeah. So yeah, you can have an assistant as well that, that deals with your emails um, on a day to day. You know, there's, there's lots of different ways you can do it without, you know, hiring an unlicensed, you know, property yeah. manager. It's just, you know, sometimes you'll need help. And, and depending on the other person, you know, they might be doing this for a little bit of experience, maybe, maybe they're a new investor and they want to gain some experience. Um, maybe they're okay with just make a little extra side money. Right. Yeah. Um, make sure that it's win-win and find someone that, that can benefit from it and that you can benefit from it. And yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you got something from over, from over here? Um, no, well, there's a couple comments here. So uh, let me just scroll back here. Um, Kathleen says, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on that next week. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen says tenant placers find tenants. Um, however, the owners get to choose the tenant. Um, yeah, which I think is the same. I, I don't know, do with property managers, do they check in with you before? Like, I think I think that that's normal for property managers too mm -hmm. to make sure that you approve of who they're putting in there. <clears throat> Depends um, on the property manager, from what I've heard. Okay, because anyone that I've talked to that has property managers, they always have final say in who's going in there. They'll give you a very general, "Hey, this person's a nurse, and this person's they a make welder, this much, yeah, and they make this much money, and they have two this kids, and they seem score. really nice." Here's their credit score. Yeah. Um, Which is what you want. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're going to go meet them. Here's their pay stubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so she, yeah, so f um, as an example for her, they do, um, Kathleen and her husband do on-call property assistance. So if they need something fixed and it's simple, they'll go in and take a look. And, Who does that, sorry? Uh, Kathleen and, yeah. and Mike. Um, and investigate what the issue is. If it's a simple fix, they can do it and charge a small fee. Otherwise, if there's, they need, if they suggest somebody else go in there, a specialist, then mm -hmm. they'll put point them in the right direction. So it's kind of relevant and I guess the property management side as well. Is it yeah. something simple? Can we go take care of this? No? Okay, then you need mm -hmm. a property management. Whatever. Um, okay. So, oh, and I just wanted to um, also verify, uh, Courtney um, said, yes, that property managers um, are real, they pay, like they pay into real estate brokerage is what they belong to. Right. Sorry. Words are hard for me today. Um, Aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So that was all that was on the topic. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
Corey asks, what do you guys do to limit break-ins at your flips? Had someone break in and smash out a window at one of our burrs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just like a primary residence, there's always things you can do to um, try to deter um, such activity. Uh, it is a little bit different when it's a renovation. Normally, I, you know, you might have a bin outside and trades coming and going. And, you know, like somebody who's in the in the area scoping out can kind of like, you know, see that this is a renovation. There might be tools in there. There might be supplies in there. Yeah. Like those types of things. So um, you can't do it. You know, you can't just like hide all of that. But, um, you know, like some things that we always make sure is that like, you know, the windows are always covered. So, you know, if you can have curtains up or whatever, like make sure that people can't just like walk by and peek in and see if there's stuff in there. Yeah. Um, our contractors don't actually leave um, their tools behind. So he takes them home every day. Yeah. Um, unless it's like, I wouldn't, unless it, he's, unless he's like, um, you know, has the big table saw out and is doing, you know, like a week's worth of, of stuff with it, then he's not going to pack that up every time. But like his, his toolkit, he takes with him every single night loads it into the truck um, so that there isn't stuff left behind to take should that happen, which is important. I mean, I know that they have insurance, but that kind of puts a damper on the next day's work. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what, what's being stolen when the burr is being broken into? You know, they're not stealing the boxes of your flooring or a, a hot water tank. I mean, maybe they might steal hot water. I've heard a story about someone having their hot water tank stolen. Um, which I think is hilarious, but you know, that's 2000 bucks, right? So, you know, I think that's something that insurance can cover as far as the tools go. I mean, your trades have their own insurance. So your, your trades would, unless of course you're doing the renovation, um, then I would recommend you have your own insurance, but with your trades having their own insurance, their tools would be covered by that. And then whatever stolen from your, uh, your belongings, which is like materials, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can't see them stealing materials. What are they going to take your Schluter? Um, so I'm, I'm just going through the process of, and I'm curious to, to let me know. He said they took a bunch of tools. Okay. But were they his tools? They're not his tools. All right. Probably not. He doesn't, he doesn't live in Edmonton. Right. Yeah. So um, as far as the, the breaking in portion of it, your insurance would cover the, the repair the broken window, of, yeah. of a broken window that if you're not, you know, replacing it in a couple of weeks anyways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's a shitty situation, but I think the insurance pretty much just covers all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you prevent it? Yeah. It, it's kind of like the whole, you know, at Christmas time when they leave those, the, the cops leave those little, little, um, little notes on your car, you know, letting you know that, Hey, you know, Hide your valuables. I, I can see your camera, you know, hide your valuables. So out of sight, out of mind, right? That's, that's what, you know, that's what, that's what people do in the middle of the night too. I don't know. I, I, here, here's, here's a fun, um, here's a fun thing. Let's try it tonight. <clears throat> Actually wait until it's a little bit warmer and there's less snow, but, um, leave 50 bucks on the back seat of your car. Guarantee someone will break into your car because every <laughs> single night and I, I doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. Every single night, there's somebody out in the neighborhood checking garages and checking doors on your on your car. See if it's locked. If you leave your car unlocked in the city, somebody will open your door. It's like literally every single time we've left our car unlocked. Every single time. Because I go, I'm, I'm religious about it. 
I got my 930 ritual where I go, I check to make sure Gabby brought her purse in because she always forgets. I don't always forget. I forget oh, like once every three months. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> once every month, three months is enough. Um, and I always double check that the car is locked. And when I forget, that's when I come out in the morning and sure enough, the doors open because there's just literally there's people walking around at two o'clock in the morning every night in your neighborhood pulling on your handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these are in multiple different neighborhoods. Like we've moved oh, around yeah. a lot and like we're not talking about shady neighborhoods. Like, yeah, there's like, people doing this everywhere. If, if yeah. Okay, then don't leave 50 bucks because they'll smash your window, but leave your yeah. door unlocked tonight. Um, it's, it's every neighborhood I've ever been in. I mean, if go on, if you're in Edmonton, here's a great example. If you're in Edmonton, um, go on Edmonton crime map and there's always every single neighborhood, there is always garage break-ins and vehicle break-ins. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you, when you leave, when you have got no drapes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, says, but not St. Albert though, right? <laughs> no, Zakaya, you're in a great neighborhood. <laughs> I'm just saying, but if, but if you, you know, if someone sees there's a bin outside, right? If you were a thief and you were desperate for money, you know, you're looking for opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you see a bin outside or you see contractors coming and going, there's high value tools in that house and nobody's there. You want to know why nobody's there? Because it's under construction. It's mm -hmm. just an easy target, right? So, Make sure that, you know, you've got a good quality lock on the door. You're covering the windows and and uh, they don't know if someone's in there or not. They don't know that big buff Sakai is downstairs. Yeah. Except that into the evening, he has the lights on. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Ain't nobody coming down and pulling his handle. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> okay, wait. Too far. Did I take it too far? Okay. So there's, <laughs> another, there's another thing in there. So, yeah, guy's not sleeping tonight, Robbie says. <laughs> say like jesus he took that too okay, far Poor so, Zakaya. so okay yeah okay can i say a couple things first we have <laughs> never had um we've never had somebody break into one of our renovations except a rent a property that we bought that was vacant for a long time and there was homeless people living in it prior to us buying it so they thought this is our warm place to to sleep at night they would sleep in there during the night they would leave in the morning and go whatever do their thing and they would come back at night when we purchased it we had to several mornings in a row kick people out of there our contractors had to i mean in and keep boarding up the, the window that kept being pulled off of the board it wasn't a window it was a i mean in, in a way we stole from them Yes. Okay. We, we took their warm, cozy we, spot to, to sleep in. Anyways, that is the only time we've had um, somebody break in. So there's, uh, but so, so I just wanted to say that, Zakaya, to put your mind at ease, that this isn't just like a thing that happens all the time. Um, but also, like, the first thing I thought when Corey asked this question is that, like, also, what neighborhood are you in? Like some of these, some of these run down, crappy properties that we're scooping up to renovate aren't in the the biggest, brightest, most beautiful neighborhoods. They're in kind of more like of the up and coming or just the like regular kind of working class neighborhoods where mm -hmm. there's a bunch of, you know, every fifth, sixth house is, is beat up and not taken care of. And 
there's going to be a mix of desirable and undesirable people living there. And you're going to have more of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, say the property, you know, <clears throat> that, that Zakai is in right now that we're renovating, it's in, the, it's a, a 2000 square foot, beautiful house on this beautiful cul-de-sac in beautiful St. Albert. Like you don't have rundown shitty people living in that neighborhood. You yeah. have people who can afford two, $3,000 square foot houses. So it's a different, it's a different beast. Can I add a solution? Yes. I had one, but go for it. Are you mad at me? You don't like when I stop your roll, you're on. I'm oh, I'm sorry. You're on a roll. No, no, no. I'm cool. We cool. We cool. Okay. So I didn't that realize point you're on a roll. That point aside, I made a really good comment a, a minute or two ago that, you know, while we have Zakaya there, who's actually staying on on property, he's he's there in the evening. He's turning on the lights and turning them off. And the place has activity there, right? So get yourself a light timer. They're cheap. You can pick them up for a couple bucks oh. and put some of the lights on timers so that they're going off in the evening and maybe in the middle of the night, somebody's going, going pee, you know? Okay. <laughs> so just keep, keep some lights coming on and off so that if somebody is scoping out your reno and seeing the trades coming and going, all of a sudden they see that, oh, in the evening, they're, oh, there's a light on. What's, is somebody still there? And then it turns yeah. off and then, oh. you know, so like there's, you know, the, the, the old tricks that have been around for, you know, watch Home Alone. <laughs> so paint can attached yeah. to the handle. Okay. So they pull the handle, paint can comes down, smacks them in the head. Music on in the basement, you know, get a recording of some gunshots, you know, when somebody knocks on the door. <laughs> like, anyways, just think of some of those, like those easy <laughs> things you can do. Yeah. Home alone setup. <laughs> I'm going to give you to the count of three. Yeah. <laughs> One, two. Pa, 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 pa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, what I was what I was going to also say is that you know what, if you if you're really concerned, what you can do is you can invest fifty bucks into um, uh, get internet connected to the property. And how much are those? Um, those they're like seven, eighty bucks. The the blank uh, cameras. Yeah, well, the cameras that you can yeah, yeah like my you sister. can get them on Amazon for like yeah, I think they're like seventy nine ninety nine, and you can I think it gives you like two or three cameras. Yeah. Um and yeah, you just mount them and you get notifications to your phone. You don't need a company monitoring. Whenever whenever anything. I go walk up to my sister's house because um sometimes she's working out of town. Yeah. Um, she'll start she'll, talking to us. She'll start talking <laughs> to me through it, or she'll send me a text like, "Hi Wayne." <laughs> and um, like, why, why are you looking at me? Because um, I got to go pick up something at a place. So you know, for do the seventy dollar, eighty dollar investment, right? And then at your at your flip, you invest one hundred and fifty bucks into a Wi Fi, uh, like into getting um, internet connected. I mean, your, your trades are gonna like it because they got internet on, on site, right? Mm-hmm. Wi Fi, and there you go. There's a solution right there. Um, you will literally get a text notification. Or however it works, the app will notify you if someone is at your door or yeah. if someone like has come on the camera as well. You can give that to the police afterwards. So there's your answer yeah. right there, right? Yeah. And that will deter someone if they see that it's uh, it's there. Yeah. Johnny Five says, one of my builders, the first thing he does is puts Wi-Fi in the house and has a camera put in the living room. He sends notifications on his phone. That's awesome. Yeah. But also creepy that you're being watched as a tradesperson in there. <laughs> I suppose so. Covers their butt though. No, like not that. not when they're bending over. <laughs> butt exposed. <laughs> <laughs> All those plumbers get their their cracks on camera. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, you got comments? 
No, just, uh, well, okay, so Robert um, says I was going to say the Home Alone setup. Cardboard cutout on a Roomba. Wait, I don't get that. What is that? Oh, it's okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. I don't get you it. You just get like a cardboard cutout. That's like and the Roomba just kind of walks around the house and it's just like it looks like someone's behind. Oh, <laughs> just okay. And then Josh says, haha, Robbie, that's gold. Cut out just doing circles. <clears throat> that is pretty funny. <laughs> and you got your music playing in the background. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. good. Um, okay. Are we all caught up? All right. Yeah. Well, no time to talk about joint ventures. That's for sure. So uh, we got into flip security. That's that's so interesting how we went down that. Uh... Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, might as well talk about what's going on at our flip. Lots going on this week. Sure. Yeah, we don't have too much time left. So. Um, the beginning is always the hardest. So when you write an unconditional offer, you know, <laughs> you kind of roll the dice on a few different uh few different areas of the flip right mm-hmm. um i mean e- i guess even if you wrote a conditional offer your your home inspector can't see behind walls right um mm-hmm. they don't know if there's any cracks they don't know if you've got any you know yeah um, they can do their cold their temperature gun and their moisture gun and that's about it but if it's in the middle of winter i mean it's all frozen right yeah so you know you don't really have really have much indication so uh yeah, when you go unconditional, you know, you, you do roll the dice on a few things, but you just make sure that you, um, sorry, when you write an unconditional offer and it gets accepted, you kind of roll the dice on a few things. But as long as you leave enough of a cushion or a spread in your profit, you know, you can cover things as they come up. The likelihood of them popping up is, is pretty slim, but, you know, one in every 10 or one in every five, you know, there's a $10,000 problem that you didn't see. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know, you've accounted for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we found a couple. Mm-hmm. On this one, um, we got a bit of a grading issue that I couldn't see um, because there was a huge snowfall when I when I came to see this property. Yeah. Um, and now as it's melted, well, last week as it's melted, we realized there's there's a big grading issue back to one corner of the house. So um, it needs to be fixed. However, we kind of need to wait for everything to melt first before we can fix it, which means that all that snow is going to melt and go towards the house. We're going to have to try and find a solution for that to make sure that we don't ruin the perfectly good basement. That basement's been, was renovated um, before. Now, like it's not going to flood the basement, but it's just, it's, you know, some, it's going to get to the foundation. And then if there is any, you know, hairline cracks or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, Foundations aren't built like boats, right? Nope. nope. The, the, that's why you have weeping tile. That's why grading is so important. The, the intent and, and gutters and and um, drains and stuff like that, the, the intent is to keep the water away from the house, mm-hmm. okay? And if some water does get near the house, then you have crushed rock and weeping tile and some pumps and everything to get the remainder away from it, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's all about prevention, not um, you know waterproof. Um, so we're going to have to come up with a prevention, you know, to make sure that the water doesn't get to it. You don't want too much water getting towards it and then coming in and then, you know, next thing you know, you got to do some repairs in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wayne, one thing that we do do is when we do go unconditional, which we, we don't traditionally, but just given the, the landscape of the market right now, we, um, have been, um, because it's really the only way to to obtain a property at the moment but also we have been buying houses for a long time and we have gone through a lot of properties with really 
great qualified inspectors very thoroughly. So we feel very confident in our own capabilities of detecting what we need to detect. Yeah, I know it's Um, But what something that we do do is that afterwards we do bring our inspector in and we don't we don't get him pay him to do a full inspection with his full report. We say, these are things we've noticed. Can you take a look at these things? Yeah. And um, let us know your thoughts if it's, you know, some things we might be wondering if it's to code or not, like those types of things. Yeah. So we just we bring him in after. Well, he he came in. Yeah. So we actually just brought um, uh, Pierre um, Papineau. In a couple days ago and said, Kate, these are the things that we know there's issues. Can you look at them? Tell us, you know, what you think. And then here's a couple questions we have about, you know, is this to code? Do we need to fix it? And um, he did exactly that. And so um, it's perfect because, you know, we got the property. (laughs) We're then finding out for sure where the actual issues are, whether or not it's an issue. And um, yeah, so it, it was nice to be able to do that and verify some things. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things that uh, I, I don't, I think I've said this on the podcast before is that I'll check everything, you know, I'll go through the house, you know, I don't need to see if, you know, the sink or the toilet is leaking. It's not a big deal to me because the, to- the sink and the toilet, you know, uh, plumbing are all getting removed anyways. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't care if one light switch, you know, doesn't work. I don't care if one of the plugs doesn't work. It's all getting replaced. Right. So we can test out all that stuff later. So I don't need a home inspector to go and do all that stuff. What I'm looking for is big ticket items like the roof, um, the exterior, the foundation, and the windows, which for most of those I can do myself. Mm -hmm. I can look to see if the shingles are are peeling up. Um, I can look and see what what basement walls are exposed so I can see if there's any cracks. I can see what types of cracks and whether it's something we can fill for 700 bucks each. that's okay. And if I can't, then I just roll the dice. Like I said, I can count the windows and I know how much windows are. You know, mm. So everything else is getting replaced. So it's not that big of a deal. But um, one thing I always say is that I won't go into the attic. Everything, I'll do anything, but I, I cannot stand going in the attic. I don't know. And well, like, and are you bringing, like, are you bringing your ladder to viewings? <laughs> well, I sold, I sold my truck. That's the other thing. I sold my truck. So like um, to, to, to bring a ladder into the car is just a huge pain in the pot. So I just basically said that, you know what? Um, if there's something wrong in the attic, there's enough profit spread there that we'll cover it. The likelihood that something's wrong in the attic is, is very slim. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if it needs a little more insulation, you know, it's a a few grand to put more insulation in there. Not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, we always kind of anticipate there's going to be a $10,000 problem at every project that I can't see, but I refuse to go in the attic. It's like, I don't know. I don't like attics aren't dirty or anything. I mean, they're pretty quiet. They're, you know, but like, I don't want to crawl into an attic and I don't know what I'm looking for. So this is the first time that there's been an issue in the attic mm-hmm. that I should have looked. And I actually had access to the attic this time. Yes. And I looked, but I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, so it's funny. Because you're never up there. <laughs> yeah. This is like a four level split kind of setup. So in the master bedroom, in the closet, there is an access door that you can, it's at like chest level. So you can open up the access door on the wall in the, in the closet and you can look into the attic. Um, because of the way that it's laid out. And I looked in there. I'm like, okay, that's sufficient insulation. We're good. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't see any other problems. Cool, closed it up. Cool. Well, it turns out that the Cedar Shake, is that what they're called? Cedar yeah, Shake cedar um, Roof. shingles, which are 
at their at the end of their life. Yeah, cycle. we knew that we knew that they were at the end and that we needed a new roof. That was yeah. part of the budget. So like I, I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm replacing the roof anyways. It's it's the, the shingles are getting redone. No big deal. Yeah. Um well it turns out that those cedar shakes, um I guess in St. Albert, they years before this is a this is a St. Albert thing. I don't know why. They don't they don't sheet the roofs with they plywood. with plywood so they use strapping and or they'd be partially sheeted or partially sheeted you don't really know until you start taking the, <laughs> the cedar shakes off so that took our budget for our roof and 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 bent it over <laughs> uh big time yeah big almost, time almost doubled it's a 2000 square foot house. We're yeah. talking about on like roughly a 3000 square feet of, of plywood that needs to go up on our roof now mm-hmm. and install expensive these days, eight by four <laughs> sheets, hauling those things up and wood has gone up in value. Like it's, it's expensive now. So like we're talking $10,000 in sheets. Yeah. That's like that Wild. one, that <laughs> one really, yeah, that one uh, was a big surprise. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known what to look for. Yeah. You know, you look up there like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's an attic, whatever. It's dark. Um, apparently, it's a St. Albert thing. Yeah. Um, where they didn't do it, uh, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's something I have to look for now. <laughs> but that was the big $10,000 issue. It's yeah. um, It bumped up our roof quote to $27,000. Ouch. Um, Johnny says, and you have to go with cedar again, obviously. No, we're no. switching to asphalt. Yeah. So we're taking it all down, putting the, the sheeting down and. Well, we got to do it's a code. We got to do today's code, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, can you, I, I, I'm yes, but it's more expensive uh, from what I understand. And I, I, I was just getting, I got different options from different roofing people and they said, just go with asphalt. It's cheaper and it'll be a cheaper option. Like. I don't know much about these cedar shakes, but like from what I understand, they're a real bitch to get off. Yeah, they're all nailed down. As opposed to like you see, you know, people scraping off, you know, um, you know, asphalt singles. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to watch, you know, them take it off. I can't imagine it's it's a fun job. Yeah, it's probably a lot of work. <laughs> um, what? Did, <laughs> okay. Would uh, an inspector have caught that? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You can see it yes. from the attic and um, from the attic as- access. And yeah, they often, I mean, like, un- unless you're in the, if you couldn't see from the attic and it's the dead of the winter and there's ice and snow on the roof, then no, maybe not. Sometimes they just clear a little spot to make, to see kind of what the condition of the shingles are. Yeah. But yeah, in this, in this situation, yes, they would have. And like Wayne said, like he did peek in the attic, but he didn't know what he was looking for because- he had no, he, he doesn't know about cedar shakes and what code was 40 years ago on cedar shakes in yeah. St. Albert and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Pinnacle Ridge and St. Albert. Oh, Johnny Five uh, says a lot of those neighborhoods, you have to stay with the norm. Like in Pinnacle Ridge and St. Albert, you can't have asphalt shingles. Interesting. Um, uh, the, a lot of the houses, a few of the houses on our street uh, have yeah. been updated. Yeah. Um, it's a really nice street. Like uh, for those of you that are coming out to um, uh, the, the investor meetup at, at that flip, 
on the 13th. It's, it's really nice. It's a really great neighborhood. We're, mm-hmm. It's uh, once, once spring comes and everything starts to melt, this is going to really, like the curb appeal is, it's amazing, but yeah. you know, it's just another example of things that um, you can miss. I mean, yes, if we had a home inspector, he would have caught that and I would have probably negotiated more off because of it. Um, but you know, Gab was talking about this market right now and um, this is a first for, for me as an investor in Edmonton. Um, you need to have a really cushy spread. You do. Uh, the, the amount of people that are writing offers right now, yeah. it's ridiculous um, because of the, the short supply mm-hmm. in the market. Uh, I went and saw a property last night. So that, pro- sorry, this fix and flip that uh, we're on right now, that one had, I can't remember how many offers on it. And I think um, I think I had four. What four? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like in, in crit, like it wasn't absurd. But there was a lot but of people. They were at it. all over. Yeah, it there was, was all on the day looking. of. Yeah. It was day of. Yeah. The, on day one, there was four offers, and they were all over asking. And mine was fifteen thousand under or twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars under. Twenty five, we I think. Yeah. Um. And, you know, we had a strategy of high deposit, big deposit and yeah. no conditions. And, and I think it was three weeks closing or something like that, like really fast. And that's what they wanted. Um, but we went and saw another house last night. Sakaya came out with me um, and Calvin showed us another house last night. And uh, it came up on my real estate search late yesterday morning. Okay. So I've got a search of neighborhoods and certain price ranges certain square footage, you know, these are the types of properties that I'll buy. And it came up and as soon as it came up, I'm like, okay, I, I see notification and I, I get giddy. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, cause I had, I don't get many notifications anymore um, because of the short supply. And I texted Calvin. I'm like, can I get in to see that? And we had to work out times. Okay. We're seven o'clock tonight. Done. Sakaya comes with me. You know, we go check out the property. It's, it's good. We're going to probably have to, you know, do it $10,000 under asking price, but I'll be able to do three or four week, you know, possession unconditional um, with a large, very large, <laughs> significant uh, deposit. Same strategy. Okay. So by the time we, I got home, you know, Calvin's writing up the offer for me 930 last night. Okay. Remember this, this came on the market at like 11 o'clock in the morning yesterday, 930 at night. He sends over the, the offer to me. I sign it. He's like, okay, sent. You know, he sends it over to the realtor. Realtor gives back to him within five minutes and says, um, the seller just accepted another offer and it's sold. Yeah. And I asked Calvin, I said, unconditional? He goes, unconditional $13,000 over asking price. Mm-hmm. There was something like 19 people less, that went. Like 10 hours. There was 19, something like 19 people that went and looked at that property yesterday between those 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, that was when we were there at seven. So that was between those eight hours. That's how ridiculous it is right now. Mm-hmm. And that right there was not an amazing deal. No, there was lots of... It was um, market value for what it was what it was at. Yeah. And, and there was lots of like layout issues. Yeah. Like we were, we were kind of struggling with what to do with it anyways. We had a few, I had a few mm-hmm. options whether that be a full flip or whether that be adding another garage or, or whether that be just a kind of a half flip and just do a lipstick, um, lipstick and rouge on it. So we had a few different options, but um, I could still make it work. I had options. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we can talk about that after. Um, 
that's 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 what we're up against right now. Like I said, it wasn't a, an amazing deal. That's why everybody was doing it. It was just because there's not much on the market. Now, me, Gabby and I, we know what to do with a property like that at that price. We knew exactly how to renovate it and to increase the value. Um, we knew that at that price, we could increase the value by approximately $200,000, $220,000, right? So by adding $130,000, $140,000 worth of renovations, or I think it was going to be one hundred and thirty dollars if we did a full reno, then we could have made a decent profit off of it, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's just numbers, it's just math. But I can't pay any more than that. I can't pay thirteen thousand dollars over asking. The numbers didn't work for us. The offer that I made was the you know what would work for us. Yeah. So, um, situation like that, writing a conditional offer for with a home inspection, like there's at that point there's there's no point in even writing an offer. Mm-hmm. I wrote an offer, and the the, the realtor didn't even accept it because it was already sold within ten hours. Yeah. Um. We are over, and I did promise Johnny we'd answer his question. Oh, okay. Um, so just quickly, um, Johnny was asking about um, key padlocks. Sorry, I'm trying to scroll back, and I'm like, what are they called? Um, electronic key padlocks. So he says, what's your take on them for rentals? To me, they're awesome, make life easy to change codes, but there's batteries. Does anyone use them for rentals, or is that a nightmare? So it's actually a great, it's a great tool to use for your rentals. Um, yes, they cost more than buying a, a regular key um, lock, but if you get that in place right away and just consider it one of your expenses, those are fantastic tools to have for your properties. Tenants love them. Contractors and trades and cleaners love them. You don't yeah. need to go buy you know, um, lock boxes and put them, go deliver them and pick them up to your properties. I would love to transition our rental properties to them um, eventually. It's one of those things It's like, implement them right away or don't <laughs> just like a bookkeeper yeah. don't try and save money by doing the bookkeeping yourself on the first or one two three four properties <laughs> because once you get to the fifth it's too hard to transition to yeah <laughs> like same thing with locks you know yeah it's not like you can go over there and just and you gotta drive all the way around the city or you gotta you know your property's three hours away or something. or you have like now you have like 20 doors and you're like well shit that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah <laughs> to go transition them all so exactly yeah so um, yes, they're they're great. Um, there, I did see some conversation going about like whether they still work in the in the deep freeze and all that kind of stuff. Um, you need to get quality ones when you buy like the super cheap ones on like say Amazon or whatever. If you read the reviews, there are complaints about them not working um, in the super cold snaps in different climates. Mm. So make sure that you're buying, you know, like quality ones. And also they do have a lifespan. Like we actually, um, a property that we bought that had one already on it. Um, it went last summer. It just stopped. Like it was chewing through batteries in like days Mm -hmm. and it was just like glitching and not working. And we ended up having to get it replaced, which sucked. We had to, you know, not only buy the new one, but we had to hire somebody to go do it because we don't do that shit anymore. And to deal with how many tenant like emails back and forth to that tenant, like complaining about my door, my lock doesn't work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but also, energy. yeah. Also, um, I did also notice, John, you left a comment about how you don't even bring a key with you anymore. The problem with that and one consideration to make with rentals is to make sure that they're aware to always keep the key on them. Because if their keypad stops working <laughs> they and they try to call you to come out and let them in, like, nope. 
like they need to have their backup key on them. Yeah. That's not happening. They can call their a locksmith to let them in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. Okay. Yes, they're great. Use yeah. them. Yeah, I think it's fantastic as well. I don't know what I'm gonna title this episode today. Smorgasbord of <laughs> investing. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know if not that one catchy. Will work. <laughs> um hey guys, uh tonight, seven PM. Um, if you haven't already joined the real estate investing masters, Facebook group, uh, first live training is tonight. Really love it. If you guys could be there. Yes. Um, and Please you know, join us. we're going to be talking about why we invest in real estate and I would love it if you guys <laughs> can show up. Would you stop coughing? Sorry. I have a very clogged up throat this morning. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just kidding. We, we would love it if you guys would come and, uh, we'd love to hear why you invest in real estate or why you want to invest in real estate. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you need, you need to go back to the, the roots of why you decided to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we, Gabby and I don't do that very often. You know, yeah. why, why is it that we, why did I decide to? We know why, we know why we're doing it now, but yeah, what was the deciding point? Mm-hmm. Those, um, those pivotal moments where you said that I'm going to take control of my life and my ne- my financial future, I'm going to leave something behind for my kids. Was it your kids? Mm-hmm. Was it the fact that you got laid off, you know, through a pandemic and you said, I don't want this to ever happen again? Mm-hmm. Or was it always just something that you just wanted something a little bit more? I want to hear it. You know, I want it to be an open discussion tonight and uh, we're really excited for the new platform. And uh, I guess uh, that's it. Today's Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys tonight. And then if not, we'll see you on Monday morning. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.